or lack of our lack of faith or our disobedience can cause the generations to come <coughs> to have to deal with a generation that we impregnated. That's what I'm saying. Our lack of faith or our disobedience can cause problems for generations to come because they will have to deal with the children that we have, have, have brought into the world. The culture that we that we created. Our lack of faith or disobedience can create a culture for future generations to sort out. Yeah. It was not their due. And they don't know how to should have dealt with it. We, mm. we should never yeah. from the outset yeah. start of that. Mm. Okay. And sometimes they don't know where it comes from. Mm -hmm. You know, it just happens, it pops up and mm. then Well they're a lot they're living and these things are in their yes. environments. But mm. now, if you the children are alive and then they're dealing with this stuff and they know, they no idea where it comes no. from. And unless you, seek, unless you seek the Lord, you don't know it's no. a generation. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. But if you have a look at the previous generations, too, we've also been handed down the sins of the forefathers. Mm -hmm. Basically, that's what it is. It's generational. Now it's yeah. So um, we need to deal with that in our own generation. Our children have to deal with our, mm. our misdemeanors. that if we repent of everything and break generational curses, our children should live in freedom. Yes. But we have to do it as a society because there's that scripture is relevant where if you uh, repent, get on your face before me and repent, mm -hmm. I will heal your land. Mm -hmm. So it's not just an individual family, it's a whole nation. That's right. Yeah. But also, I mean, in your own family, your children shouldn't carry any of um, bondage from stuff that you should from Catholic. things that yeah. we we know that we we are aware of the generational curse. So none of our children should suffer yeah. our generational curses. So what about the I'm consequences? Thinking. Because someone is going to carry those consequences. And if you've repented, even if though we have repented, there is still there is still. A responsibility for someone to carry that um, you see the thing is that uh, what I like about the uh, not really in line for with what I want to speak about tonight but but there's, there is truth in it you see the thing is if we do something and we don't repent of every sin that we don't repent of will repeat itself in a generation to come but it, uh, so we, if we repent of something, yes, obviously our children will be will not necessarily have to go through it. Yes, we have to have to bear in mind that everybody is also is uh, has its own will, free will. But the thing is, if a generation, in other words, the country, deals with things and they don't repent, eventually our children will also have to feel the pressure of that specific mm -hmm. thing, because it. The book of Psalms says, "Even uh, even though a, a thousand may fall on my on my on my right side or my my side, and ten thousand on my left side, it will not come to me. But it doesn't say I'm not going to feel the pressure of it. Yeah. Okay. Mm. <laughs> if you have a look at even King David when he sinned with Bathsheba, 
he repented of it. But what were the consequences <coughs> down the line for his children? Now, but God has said to him, God has said to him, because of, of what you have done, because, yeah. because you have killed Uriah, yes. he said the sword will never leave, yeah. will not leave yeah. your house. That's right. That but was he the consequence. He has okay. repented, but I mean, but still a consequence. It was still a punishment. But yeah. yeah, it is one of those mystery boxes. Yeah. Because we are in the age of grace as well. So yeah, yeah this is New Testament. Yeah, we're in New Testament now. So yeah. the veil is torn. Yeah, exactly. So, so a very interesting story. It's hmm. amazing Two stories. Chronicles in the twenty. Two Chronicles twenty. War with surrounding nations. After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Munites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from behind the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon Tamar. This was another name for Engedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kings, kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. O our God, did, did you not drive out those who lived in this land? When your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, Whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us. For they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army. That is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jeel, son of Mataniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, 
O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshipping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all of you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. End of 20. End of 23. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising, for his holy, praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord, His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. Mm. Okay. Love kind of stories like that. Mm -hmm. Am I right in saying God the warriors and Gabor? Is it the warrior God is the holy Gabor? I don't know. I don't, I don't know about the Jehovah. Gabor. I know that one I'm, uh, one of the, the thing about the, I think the first was the first song that he talk about where he says that he's the God of your riding on the thunder. Mm. Remember the first one? On the clouds of thunder. On the clouds of thunder. Whenever God, the Bible is whenever God is being referred to as the God who, who makes the clouds his chariot or rides on the wings of the wind, and it means that God is, is, is going out in, in war against his enemies. Okay. Okay, there it is, the Lord, mighty in battle. Psalm 24, 8 is, Who is this King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty? The Lord, mighty in battle. And that is Jehovah, Gibor. Gibor. How do you spell it? Kama. G-I-B-B-O-R. Yeah. Keyboard war, Lord of War, it seems to me. Okay. So interesting, I would just quickly have a look at verse number number ten. Now Jehoshaphat praying, he says that uh, he said, and now here are the people of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade. When they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and they did not destroy them. Now, very, very interesting. The Moabites, the Ammonites, and the people from Mount Seir were the descendants of Lot. 
of the righteous Lot. Now we all know what happened in Lot. Lot's daughters made him drunk. They slept with him. And these were the, the generations. Now the interesting thing is that uh, the reason why Lot's daughters did this is because they they had no vision of the future. They thought they thought that after Sodom and Gomorrah, everyone was dead, even though they were still thousands of other of people, because it's only those three cities, Sodom, Gomorrah, and another small one, that was that was uh, destroyed and now uh, you see when when we and and this is a problem that we have in this generation of today when we don't offer a future to a generation they impregnate themselves by their father and as a result these nations were born what do i mean if we don't give a generation a future so in other words you and I or perhaps I must just go back isn't it that, that really that we are sitting in a generation today that we don't have the foggiest idea how to win these people for, for, for Jesus many times I mean it's it's a generation that is even worse than the 60s of the hippies and I bet you those years they also don't know how to deal with it and then it move on now all of a sudden we are, we are so incredibly privileged to sit with a generation of LBQXYZ. We are sitting with a generation that are totally addicted to drugs. They're sitting with a generation that don't believe in marriage or the sanctity of the marriage. The problem is that we don't know how to deal with these people. We don't know how to, to reach them because they don't want to hear about Jesus. Let, let it's not going to help them to, to approach them and say, do you believe in Jesus? They don't. That, that thing is out. Now, then you will hear people say, yeah, but uh, you will win them with love. Love is not going to win them either. No. You know, Jesus, what Jesus says, he says this, and, and, and this is how the world will know you, because we are one. Yes, love one for, one for each other. If there is unity, yeah. that is how you you will win. Yeah. And the thing is, we can't look like the world. We must be totally, totally different from the world. Completely different. We mm -hmm. cannot try to win them by identifying with them in no. any way cannot so very important guys our decisions will make descendants and those descendants will come back yes. we will be in heaven long time already these things of, of, of this generation that we are living in now it has been something that's been coming for many many years mm -hmm. because i didn't know how to deal with it first of all they, we all know it is wrong. We are we we don't the LBTG whatever generation. We all know it is wrong. But what do the governments do? Instead of or 
the, the government tried to oppress it. The church did nothing about it. The church was only there to judge and to mm. criticize and all those kind of things. And they sit back and relax. They didn't come up with a solution. They didn't give these people a hope, something to live for. And now all of a sudden the government has done away with it. And we are sitting. And as the church, we are withdrawing now all of a sudden. Yeah. And we are saying to our spiritual children, don't do anything. Stay away. You will get the churches that love these people, but most of them stay away from the thing of the world. We love <laughs> to use this. I'm in the world, but I'm not part of the world. No. We are going to accomplish nothing with that kind yes, of Yes, Jesus said, go there. Go there. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. <laughs> we have to do all of that. Raise the dead. Then they will believe. Don't get told. Don't talk that. about the vaccination. Keep quiet. Yeah. It's taboo. Yeah. Yeah. You see, if you guys switch on the TV, even renowned prophets are, are telling us nowadays the end of the world is, is near. The rapture is, is on us. Uh, Everything is going to cra to crash. Persecution is going to come and so on. Now I'm not I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but the problem is that you this we are so so focused. Our these things are coming and and, and, and take our focus so off of what this, we are supposed to do that we forget that they are still days. I mean, it may be it may very well be that Jesus returns in this generation in our time, but the thing is. What are, are, are we going to sit back passively, passively, and just wait? No. Or are we still going to, to, to do something till the day that we come? Yes. Yeah, that South Africa is, is, is falling to pieces. And, and, so, and, and, and yes, unfortunately, we, cannot, we don't deny that what, what we are seeing. But the thing is, you and I, like Jehoshaphat, I stole the opportunity to make sure that things are changing. Yeah. And yet revival is going to start here mm. in South Africa. I know. <coughs> I know is very strong on it. Oh, many times saying to me, don't prophesy from the second heaven. Mm. As we need to learn, I'm not saying we must deny the circumstances. There was Joseph, if you read that, we've read that story. I mean, it is, a, it is a reality. All these people have said to him, listen, these guys, the Moabites and the, and what is it? the Ammonites and the people of the mountains of Sir, they are coming. I mean, and they've actually saw them, saw them coming. And the most amazing thing is in the, and in the midst of, 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 of his darkest moment, Bible said what he did is that he went and he seek the face of God. That's the thing, only God can sort out all of these complex problems where they just look impossible. We have to look at God. He's the one who's going to give us the direction, tell us what to do. He is the light of the path and the lamp of our feet. He is the one who's going to tell us. If we don't look at Him, we'll be very confused. You see, one of the most, one of the most or two of the most prominent spiritual seeds that there is today is fear and unbelief. Yes. A 
You know how many people in the church are getting impregnated by fear and unbelief? You hear what I'm saying? We hear the preachers and we hear the prophets and, and all of a the sudden these things. We, we open our, our spiritual rooms for these things, our hearts for these things. And then before we know it, we are impregnated by fear and unbelief. And if you go and look throughout the history. Jehoshaphat, the Bible said Jehoshaphat had fear. If you read that one verse, he says he was, he was fearful. But in spite of that, he decided I'm going to go to God. Because he know God despised Fear and unbelief. Yeah. I mean, he, 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 he was acting severely against fear and unbelief. It wasn't either one that said to Joshua, do not fear, do not be dismayed. For that, I am with you. And every place where you set your foot or tread, I will give that, that ground to you. We all know, I mean, the, those words roll off our lips. He has not given us a spirit of fear. But of love, but the problem is, the whole just thing of our lives. No, but if you say that, I used to have a fear of the dark. I used to walk through the house in the dark, everybody asleep. But to say that scripture, and I got delivered from spirits mm -hmm. that are powerful. God's words mm -hmm. are powerful. Mm -hmm. Please, let's not doubt that the word works. It really does. Mm -hmm. It really works. Like you say, Sergio, that's the fact was terrified. Yeah. Yes. You see that he's real there. I mean, it doesn't say that we hasn't, I mean, mustn't, uh, it doesn't say that he wasn't, he had no fear, whatever. I mean, they used the word, he was absolutely, he was terrified. He acknowledged that there's a, there's a reality that they can, can be wiped out. Yeah, God honors it when we come truthfully to him. Yes. We don't say all these pretty words to him. Because he knows our hearts. Yeah. And why lie to ourselves? The fact is, this is what's happening. Lord God, help me. Yeah. I'm in distress. I'm, I'm fearful of these nations. Mm -hmm. um, for any situation that we find ourselves, we need to be real, real with them. Yeah. Real with them. I believe. Help my unbelief. Amen. 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 That's exactly. Amen. You know, I think that one of the, I think, generation or culture of of fear was born in 1994 when constantly mm. when, the, when, 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 when Mandela was when the negotiations happened mm. there was this culture of fear that was sown they will come and they will take away your land mm. they will come and they will do this and they will come. Mm. and ever since then I mean, if you, if you look down the, the years now, mm. we had an incredible opportunity. If we look at the miracle that God has done in 1994, yes. the whole world was waiting for South Africa for that yeah. civil war. For yeah. a civil war. Yeah. God came and he turned it around, right. and we should have seen the opportunity yeah. to run with this thing. This is what God has done. Can you imagine how God is going to turn this country around? But unfortunately... And I, I have to say, unfortunately, we vetoes, we are responsible for it yeah. in most of the cases. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I was thinking this morning, um, this, you know, everybody knows where Aranya is. And there's also this culture that is brief. Uh, it's, it's propaganda. They, they virtually, they 
you know, with the riots and everything that happened too, it was so exploited and they already didn't want to buy land and they were renting and when, when it started in Durban, they were going to pack up their things and they were going to go up to, to Vintuk. And they had already prepared everything. The food, the clothes, everything was already bailed and packed. They were just waiting for them to hit Durban and they were up of Aranya and they were going to flee to Katuknas. Um, yeah. So there's that, that, that propaganda, that culture of breeding negativity into the situation, oh, yes. which is also oh, music. Very good. Yeah. 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 And I know Kathy and some of the other churches are very outspoken yeah. about this, and many of the churches have said. In America now yeah. talking about this thing of COVID. They said if there's a new lockdown that comes, no, we're not doesn't matter what will happen, we will not. Amen. We have to go to Brown. We have to keep it changed. We have to. I was so fed up when the churches closed. I was so the prince of the power of the air, the prince of this world. He will create fear. Yeah. He will create fear. You mentioned how Mandela was released, this generation of fear. Mm. And now more recently, the COVID, the whole COVID issue was to make people frightened. Mm. Yeah. yeah, isolate people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't rule. Yeah. 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 That's that's the whole vaccination <laughs> thing to make people frightened, you know, protect you against this yeah. fear. Um, yeah. So he's all So we've just got to be incredibly strong. Yeah. Stick to the Lord our God. Yes. And have courage and do not fear. Yes. You see the thing that you guys read there. It says the Moabites, the Ammonites, and those people of Seir came to take our inheritance. Mm. Now the thing is, a generation of fear mm. will cause the enemy to come and take our inheritance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were supposed to have an incredible inheritance of incredible faith. Yeah. People that rise up and stand up and, yeah. and are brought about to them. You see, and the thing is that because of this, this and there are because of fear and, and so on, and, 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 and what we see over the news, the problem that I've seen in the, in the church is that we've become culturally irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? We've become culturally irrelevant and we see the sin in everything. Yeah. What do I mean by culturally ir irrelevant? Say, for example, uh, every culture in South, in South Africa, there are things that are very important to them. But because we don't understand their culture, we yeah. start criticizing. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about the fact that they worship other, I mean, ancestors or, or whatever the case, the case may be. Face it. The Africans love to live on African time. And it drive all of us nuts. But I mean, it is, it is part of the, of the culture. And now the thing is, we start seeing sin and, and everything and we become so... Judgmental, so judgmental, critical, and so on. Yeah. Can't be used by God. Yeah, 
You know the amazing thing is Jesus and the, and the woman at the well? Now Jesus was reaching that woman. He didn't say to her, listen, by the way, do you believe in me? I'm Jesus. No, no, no. He started the conversation with that woman. Started building a relationship with her. Oh, by the way, and the, uh, the culture of her, by the way, give me a, just give me a glass of water or whatever. The culture of those days, the Bible says to us, they, the Jews were not allowed even to mix with the Samaritans. Yeah. And men were not allowed to mix with women. Let alone a Samaritan woman. Yeah. Yes, what even are, worse. What, as a Jew, what were you even doing in, yeah. in Samaria? And no woman who was decent would have been at that well at 12 noon either. Yeah. And, then the, and then the most amazing thing is, Jesus says to her, so by the way, uh, I'll give you some water that you will never thirst again. Oh, I love that kind of water. I'll give you that water. But give it to me, she says. Go, yeah. I want it, yeah. but uh, then go call your husband first. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a husband. I got you say, oh, you're right. You've had five. <laughs> Are you not married to the one you're with right now? Number six, you didn't even bother to get married. <laughs> you know, amazing thing is, Jesus actually actually complimenting her for lying. Yeah. You she was right. complimenting for telling her half truth. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was telling him half truth. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, you're right. But you had five, but this one is not. And the lady, what, what? I mean, in me, and and the only thing that Jesus said to her is that, by the way, you had five husbands, but this one you are living with is not now. And he didn't say to her, "Oh my word, bad you woman. have to stop <laughs> your bad woman. You are going to hell, or whatever the case may be." And what does the Bible says? This lady ran to the town. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, evangelized. No, all that, she did nothing. He said, he said, she said, come see this prophet. He knows he everything. Told, he knows everything that I've ever done. Yeah. Have, have, you, have you seen that? Did Jesus tell her everything about him? No, no, just about the five yeah. husbands. And the, the one she said. I love what Kathy was there as a teaching that she said that many times we are we we're giving pre people prophetic words and then the words doesn't come to pass and people are getting totally despondent. I almost say respondent, despondent. <laughs> what did Jesus did yet? What did Jesus do here? He didn't the only thing is he gave a word of knowledge. He didn't give a, a long prophetic word of destiny or whatever. And the whole thing is everybody came. And then they turn on her as well. Those are amazing things. Says, ah, no, we know, now we know that we've heard ourselves. Your testimony didn't count for anything. But this is amazing. This is how you change a generation. You build a relationship. That's right. And we don't come as the church the whole time. You know that the amazing thing is I've noticed? And I'm not saying there's something wrong. There's a place for everything. But the thing is with the church today, is that we said, no, people come to us and they, they come share their hearts with us. And the first thing that we do, okay, oh, oh no, no, you have to stop doing this thing. That is not good. You have to start reading your Bible more. You start, by the time, by the time that we are done and we have all this advising, the poor yeah. guy is, is so depressed and we've been totally... Irrelevant. Instead of 
what the counselor says, you listen to the person yeah. and you trust Holy Spirit just to validate it. To give us and God is the one who eventually will will do the thing. Instead of sowing seeds of of fear and, yeah. and unbelief. Amazing thing is, did you notice that Jesus broke every spirit, every religious rule that he was on? Yes, on the yes. Earth? <laughs> yeah, he didn't care about that stuff. And I want to, I want to encourage every one of us. Every rule, religious rule, that does not glorify Jesus, or is not in the Bible, please go full out and break it. <laughs> Frustrate the living dads out of people. <coughs> You know when Milan and myself were when we started in the we were we were very committed reformer. And the elders were sitting on that side in front of the church, and the deacons were sitting on that on that side in front of the church, and the elders and the deacons every Sunday. But you are going with your tie and your suit and yes. everything. And I've decided I will come without. I'll come with a tie, but not with a jacket. Before, I think probably a couple of months, up to a year later, most of the elders were without a jacket. And most <laughs> there it is the end of the religious rule. I'm just, I mean, when we moved to this AFM, to the, to the, to the Reformed Church, we decided we are going to check what the AFM does, because we also want to cast out demons. And they said to us, oh, well, you, you guys are siding with the devil. Oh. So uh, another religious rule that was, was broken. That was the thing of Jesus. He was culturally yeah. effective mm -hmm. and he was doctrinally sound. Yes. And that is what we have to be. And that's why all the re religious stiff upper lips were so cross. Mm -hmm. That is, we will always that's offend, we will always offend the religious types. Always. Yeah. If we say yeah. no, we want to be where the Holy Spirit is. Oh, they don't want to be here with us. No, no, no. We don't want any dead churches. Thank you. Enough of that. We want something alive, which is Jesus. You know, but I, Len is not here, and I mean, I see that old man on that side also, that young old man on that side. Who's that, Louis? Somebody behind you. <laughs> that guy behind you. What I love about 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 Lynn is that she will go and talk to people about their problems. People will go and tell them about their problems, and and then she will she will come with the with the gospel. But we and you and I. That is why every one of us have to desire the prophetic gift. When people come to us, let them share their problems and we just ask God for that word of knowledge yeah. and everything and you will see the person will come and eat out of your hand. Uh, the word, the word culture comes from the Greek word cultus and where we get the word cult from. Uh, we get cult uh, and we all we all know that whenever you hear the word cult, it is it is affiliated with some religious activity. Yeah. Cult means it is the worship of one's own beliefs. Mm. You and I Sorry, start. Say that again. 
cult. Cult, the meaning of a cult is it is the worship of one's own belief. If you really look at okay. it, what does a cult do? They believe that this is this is the right yeah. way. Like the yeah. they're following someone that's like the leader of the cult. So radical. But they're always off. They don't make mm. Jesus Christ the Lord. Mm. They make a person the Lord. Mm. So that whatever they say, no matter how outrageous and off the word, oh. they believe it. <laughs> a lot of those cults because it makes themselves the God. Yes, mm -hmm. but yes. everybody follows. Oh. They should be. You see, that's what I want us not to be. Yeah. That we are so focused on our own religious beliefs, I, and I preach to myself again that you are so set in, I mean, now you have to do it like that way and, and that. But if eventually you're pushing people away instead of, of drawing people. And I, I want us to be so mindful of, of that thing. It is a, we, that that uh, instead of us worshipping God, we start worshipping our beliefs. Yeah. Okay. And when, we, when, we, when you start worshipping your beliefs, you became so opinionated and irrelevant that you can touch no one. Mm -hmm. Isn't it true? Yeah. It's spiritual pride. Yeah. And it's not listening to the Holy Spirit. No, it's we'll not. never tell you to do that. Yeah. And so taking, oh yeah, they didn't listen to me. They didn't do the way I wanted it to be done. Isn't it fun enough? If we look at the story of Jehoshaphat, the amazing thing is God didn't prepare Jehoshaphat for war. He said, if you look at those, read those last verses, he said, no, 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 don't, don't worry about this. All I want you guys to do is it, just, just go and check, go and stand on the mountain yeah. and see how I will fight for you. God didn't position them for, for war. God positioned them for breakthrough. This is the story. They were worshipping. Mm. It is because they were worshipping. He said, when they begin to praise and worship, mm. God set out, set up ambushes against yes. the Ammonites, yes. the Moabites, and the people of Israel, and they were defeated. Each other. So God wants to position us through the story for breakthrough. Yes. And we've said it so many times. I don't know why I'm always coming back to this. Our breakthrough will come through worship. Amen. But it's true. It's good that you keep repeating it because repetition means it's going to sink in, become part of our DNA. And it's so important. And I love what Jack, I keep telling you, I love what Jack's testimony was. Um, he told me a few weeks ago, and he said it again the other day, um, where when he was not well, if ever he felt a pain, he would start worshipping. He would start saying, Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, it's beautiful. It's just what we need to remember. Whenever that thing comes against you, arms up straight away and worship. No matter what you say, arms up. First, I talk about the circumstances. Start praising the Lord. That's putting on your armor. That's yes. putting your armor on. Andrew Wormack, the preacher, said when his son died, the, his wife and he were about four hours away, five hours in the car. He got the message he's dead. He had a toe tag on in the morgue, naked under a, uh, a sheet over his head. Andrew Womack got in the car with his wife and he started praising the Lord. He praised the Lord for five hours 
all the way there. And when he got there, he said, you shall not live, you shall not, sorry, you shall not die. You shall live in Jesus' name. That's mm -hmm. Five hours dead. No brain damage, no nothing. Mm -hmm. yeah, That's from worshipping our Lord. Mm -hmm. See, the amazing thing is when God positioned us for a breakthrough, and we get the breakthrough for worship, or through, yeah, we get the breakthrough for, uh, through worship, Look at look look what was the, the the result. Verse twenty-five. When Jehoshaphat and his people came, what is it? Uh, so when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found found among them. An abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were there three days gathering the spoil because they were so much. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And what army went to war carrying all this jewelry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, this is, 